Welcome to the PR Moment Podcast. Produced in association with the Marketeers Network. Welcome to the latest PR Moment Podcast. And today we're chatting to Bibi Hilton, who's CEO of Creative Access. Known to PR people pretty much everywhere, I think, for her first career working in public relations, which includes Stint um, at Stint, I should say, at the Red Consultancy and Golin. Bibi was appointed CEO of Creative Access in September last year. Creative Access, for those of you that don't know, describes itself as a social enterprise providing career-long access, opportunities and support and training for people from underrepresented groups to help make the creative industries reflect society. It offers individual support, employers help and partnerships, and has a range of resources aimed at helping underrepresented groups break into the creative sector. My final plug, I suspect, for the PM Moment Awards, um, if you haven't got your ticket yet, yet time is running out. Um, do have a look at the awards website, pmmentawards.com, um, where you can grab your tickets for either London or Manchester. And I should say before we start, thanks to the PM Moment Podcast sponsors, the PRCA. Bibi, welcome to the show. Hi, Ben. How are you? It's lovely to be back. I am very well indeed, Bibi. Um Go on, just talk us through things first. You, you've um, you've made it out of PR. Um, <laughs> in a way, I don't know whether to say congratulations or commiserations, but but how's it going? At- <laughs> how's it going at Creative Access? Um, it's great. I'm six months into the new role, really enjoying it. It's the most incredible organisation and absolute privilege to be taking on this role. Maybe slightly miss the crazy of agency life, but um, yeah, it's going well. Thank you. Uh, I just I try to sort of explain in my um, my intro there what Creative Access was all about, but you'll probably put it in 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 more succinct terms than than I did. Um, what's the what's the mission of the organisation? I know it's a non profit, for example, but you know I guess for PR people out there, how can you help them um, in their in their in their journey to um, improving diversity within well creativity, creative sectors in general, but I suppose specifically with regards to the audience for this podcast within public relations. Yeah, sure. So um, we describe ourselves, our our mission is to build a creative economy that really reflects the society it serves. So uh, we do work in comms, but we also work right across the the creative economy. So in film and TV and publishing, uh, museums and galleries, a lot in theatre. So we have a very broad view of, I guess, the creative sector and the challenges and, and opportunities there. Um, And what we do is we work to improve, as you kind of said in your introduction, to improve access to careers. But I think the critical piece is also career progression um, across the creative economy for individuals from groups underrepresented in terms of ethnicity, lower socioeconomic status, disability. And there are other groups, but um, primarily that that's sort of the the area that we focus on. And there's lots of different ways that we partner with organisations. So uh, that's through training, through mentoring programmes, help employers build more inclusive cultures we have amazing career development programs where um, eligible individuals can get mentoring access to training support bursaries um, so it's just all really designed to build a much more inclusive and, and representative se- represent representative sector I'm pleased I didn't have to say that. Yeah it's Friday um, morning. <laughs> yeah I got it um, so I, and I mean there seems so much to go out there Bibi right I mean that because um, 
you're trying to do a lot as an organization now, aren't you? You've got that is a broad remit um that uh requires some resource to 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 to, to sort or attempt to sort that out, frankly, because it's one of those problems that um when you look at it you know it's we've got a long way to go frankly haven't we to 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 get to where as a sector we need to be and and hopefully want to be um where 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 do you start where's where's the is it about get start i guess it's about starting the journey is it but where because if you're not careful you get you get bogged down and and don't make enough progress and and is that there's always that danger isn't there yeah i mean i think there are the reason we do so many different things if you like is because there isn't really a one-size-fits-all approach there are definitely a lot of uh commonalities in terms of the challenges that creative organizations face when it comes to diversity equity and inclusion um but there isn't really a one-size-fits-all solution um to any of those challenges every employer is different they're often the employees that we work with are at very different stages so we work with some of the most progressive organizations that are really doing pioneering kind of industry-leading work and some that are literally very much at, at the beginning so i guess Often the place that we'll start is all about kind of diagnosing the issues and and where you are as an organization. So we do that through consultancy, through running audits. Um, Data is critical. So often we'll be going and and helping organizations set up their data tracking in the first place um, or their kind of culture tracking. And we have tools um, that are able to do that because if you don't have the data, then it's really hard to put in place an effective, well, it's impossible to put in place an effective plan because you don't really know where you are right now, what you're aiming for, how you're going to track and benchmark against that. So I would say data is quite foundational. Um, But of course, the data is one thing. It's then what you do with it, how you're going to act on it. What are the um, initiatives, actions that you're going to take um, to improve the situation? So, And what sort of suite of data do you need? I mean, just just broadly, what what sort of pieces of information when you're going into a business trying to work out where they are on their on their diversity journey do you do you, do you look at and, and 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 need to to start things off so it's it's understanding what is the diversity of your of your team um against all of the different demographic criteria um and then working with that organization to figure out what are the appropriate benchmarks that they should be tracking for um that data is really important because best practice is that you're then reviewing pay increases uh promotions bonuses against that data so that you can ensure uh you've got equity at all of those levels um i'm currently judging another awards at the moment ben which i won't mention on your podcast and looking at the pay and rewards um sector of that i think it's really interesting there are again some organizations that are really you know manifesting best practice in that sector um and i think that's really positive for me to see how that's really changed and how we're seeing now a particular awards category that's just focusing on that which i think is really positive right um and just to in terms of how you guys are funded uh, you're funded by businesses coming to you and paying you a fee to yeah. help sort out their, their their diversity problem or bits to help them on their diversity journey, which is it's quite a it, it you know that's that's a you're not a charity you're non for profit but you're you're there and available for people to to in effect hire your time and expertise and consultancy. Yeah, that's right. So we do charge fees for our services, whether that's consultancy or recruitment, our paid internships. Um, we have a jobs board. 
Um, we are also, we do get some grant funding. We also get funding from organizations that, you know, want to sponsor certain initiatives or, or partner with us in that way. So it's a, it's a mix, but yes, essentially that's how we're funded. Right. Um, and go on. And how can creative um, employers become better uh, employers of minority groups? Um, I mean, there are so many um, things that you need to be looking at. I would say I kind of touched on this just now. I think one of the key things is to put in place processes that ensure fairness in how pay, promotions, bonuses are awarded. I think salary transparency is really, really critical. Um, I think that you've got to work not just to increase representation at entry level, but also look at diversity across the whole career cycle in your organization. So what are you doing to tackle it at mid-level, at senior level? What does representation look like on your board um, or your senior management team, which we know is, is a very serious problem, not just in PR and comms, but across the creative sector. And you've really got to look at tackling all of that pretty much at the same time, because where you see the challenges that a lot of organizations work really hard at bringing diverse talent in at entry level, but then you often see a really um, significant retention problem a few years into that. And that's often due to a lack of, well, I just talked about that kind of fairness in terms of um, or equity across pay and, and reward, um, but also lack of role modeling and mentoring and, and support because the change is not happening at the senior level at the same time. So, I mean, it's one of those areas where, um, I feel like I'm plugging you too much, Pippi, but it's it's that to have access to an organisation who's who's had experience in this area before it must be so useful. I mean, I think you're not the only one, to be fair, so we should say that. But there, there's there's it to try and do that, go through that journey on your own if you've never done that before, and as employer, it's it is just fraught with potential to make mistakes, isn't it? Yes, I mean. Yes, but I mean, I think that's any area of trying to change an organization or grow an organization, you know, as as a leader of an organization, you are going to make mistakes. But I would argue that it's really about the opportunity to drive change. I mean, that's kind of how I've ended up in this role leading creative access is because I think one of the areas, you know, when I was leading Golan, the area that I found incredibly challenging, but also incredibly invigorating about my job was trying to change that very old established organization to um, build it to be more progressive, um, to bring in more diverse talent. And I think that it was very challenging, but was I think also as a, as a leader, that can be really invigorating to drive that kind of change. So definitely. I mean, you, you've worked with a lot of organizations are going through that that change. What do what do people get get wrong as they're going through that that journey to try and become better employers of of um, minority groups? I would say that it's not. I think one of the challenges. What? Sorry. One of the things that often you get wrong is thinking it's all about recruitment. I think recruitment and um, putting in place more inclusive practices and uh, being more creative and open about where you hire talent from is obviously critical, but you have to build an inclusive culture at the same time. Um, and I think that 
it's it's important to be investing in training and in mentoring, um, in doing some of the the kind of back office operational uh, stuff at the same time. It's not always about a kind of sparkly, nicely branded initiative that's gonna gonna win you an award. Um, and I think it's sometimes that not putting the effort into the back office work um, is often where you know things then don't progress at the rate that you'd like to see. Yeah, I mean, so often you see. Um people from minority groups join um an agency and then leave pretty quickly don't you it's 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 just such a common um uh, thread and I, I guess that's tied into that isn't it is that you the, the people are, are are trying to are making an increased effort to recruit but then when they do that there's there's not that that support or perhaps those role models in role models internally for those people to to relate to and uh, and feel um uh wanted and needed and happy within their within the agency yeah i think that's that's definitely a common pattern and it's not something that's exclusive to pr um we sort of see that as a trend across the creative sector to be honest um but that's so... not i mean that just from a practical perspective that's quite difficult to to overcome it, it, initially anyway isn't it because you've got um if your if your agency is not full of minority um people from minority groups then you're you, you've you've got to make quite a big step change quite rapidly to be able to 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 have um that make that sustainable change i suppose is that that's that's really how you've got to do it isn't it, it uh, small step changes are probably not quite going to work yeah i mean i think i think it does require at the senior level making some brave bold moves to to address that and to bring more diversity to senior team we've been working on actually a really interesting program with a tv production company um where it's about supporting individuals in TV to move from the kind of senior producer level to get up into the kind of series producer, executive producer level. So I guess equivalent board director, managing director level in, in comms. Um, and in TV, it's it's a real problem, particularly in very niche areas of TV. And we've been working with this organization to create, effectively, it's a sort of grown-up internship. It's a training program. It's a year-long um, individuals are paid a salary that's um, equivalent to what their salary would have been. It's not a kind of intern level salary. Um, and they get uh, mentoring, training, leadership um, training, uh, the opportunity to shadow individuals who are working at that level. So it's about developing skills, hard craft skills, but also um, providing that individual with a kind of mentoring and support and coaching. And the idea being that we're kind of increasing the talent pool across that sector, um, but also that at the end of it, that they will be in a position to move to, to a more senior position. So it is a, a pilot program at the moment, but it's the kind of initiative that I, I think would be would work really well in PR as well. So what essence you're trying to do there is is fast track um, people from a diverse background into more senior roles more quickly. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure I'd use the word fast track. I think it's about it's much more about opening up opportunities. I think one of the problems that you see across the creative sector, and we, we know it's so endemic in PR is the, the sort of incestuous way that we tend to hire. And I think particularly at senior levels, you know, there there is um, a perceived limited pool of talent. 
tends to be people feel comfortable hiring people from certain agencies. So it kind of really limits the talent pool. And I think that the talent is out there. It requires you to be more creative, more open-minded, um, to have more objective hiring processes. And so really this initiative that we're running with the TV production company is to that point. They work in, in factual. So, you know, that's a very niche world actually the skills that someone might have working in an adjacent sector of TV, like entertainment, you know, they can be, can move into a senior role in that sector. So it's about upskilling and it's about helping that individual build a network um, and, and to support their progression to that level. I wouldn't necessarily describe it as fast tracking. But is fast tracking a good, a good idea? Because what we do, we need more role models, don't we, from, from minority groups to, to have a, a more, a, a more diverse um set of role models within within the creative sector is that is that something you're you see enough of is it something you think is a good idea i think it's much more about supporting individuals with training mentoring funding in many cases which is why we run a bursary program um in order to open up those opportunities and that access and then working with the employer to ensure they're building a culture where you know promotions are being awarded in a really fair and equitable way that it's not just about time served that it's not just about personal relationships in in the organization so i think it's all about breaking down those barriers um we also know that there can be financial barriers um you know some of the classic things returning from having a family moving between freelance and perm. So um, we've been running a career development bursary now for two years, um, actually in partnership with McLaren Racing. Um, and that's all about breaking down those financial barriers and providing funding, um, whether that's for equipment or relocating or um, kind of other tr or training. Um, we've now awarded about 80 individuals with funding to help with that. So I think it is a lot about kind of putting your money where your mouth is. Right. Uh, yeah, just talk to us a little bit more about the uh, on an individual level, how people can 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 come to you for help. How, how does that work? So we run two career development programs, one at entry level and one at um, mid to, to senior level. Um, the way that those programs work are if an individual has been um, an intern with us through one of our programs, they automatically are, are part of those programs. Um, they can also access their programs through their employer paying for them to be part of those programs as well. Those programs are only open to el eligible individuals and um, they cover a mix of uh, mentoring and training, access to our network. Um, we run regular monthly uh, masterclass events at amazing organizations this year alone. We've done the VA, a House of Commons, uh, we've got one coming up at BAFTA. Um, and I think those networking opportunities are really, really critical. And, you know, we know that in comms, the network is everything. Um, and what we're trying to do is kind of, I guess, break down some of those historic networks and make it a lot broader um, and to be able to open up opportunity. Right. Um, I mean, how representative of the UK population is the UK creative sector? Because um, I'm sure you've got some stats on that. Not very. <laughs> Um, no, really not very at all. So um, if you look at, uh, I think there's a stat that I read that the in London, the odds of working in the creative industries as a white privileged person are one in five, which is double the chance if you're from um, an ethnic minority or working class background. So it's it's pretty stark. Um, I mean, it depends kind of what characteristic that, that you want to look at. But uh, for example, I mean, 
in terms of uh, ethnic minority, so overall population is 18%. Creative Industries is about 15%. Um, PR is 13%, according to the last P PRCA census. That might be better in the, the 2022 census, but I don't think that's been released yet. Um, if you look at socioeconomic status, so this is broad because not everyone measures it in the same way, but Overall population, it's about 38%. Creative industries, about 52% from privileged background. In PR, it goes up to 65%. So it's... Hang on, um, say that again. That, that sounded remarkable. Just just to, to say that again for, for, for listeners out there. So if you look at... Um, so there's different ways of measuring... Socioeconomic status is very complicated to in terms of, of a metrics. I'm just giving you broad brushstrokes. Yeah. But, Roughly a third of population is um, had a grew up with a, a breadwinner who was from a higher or intermediate managerial role. For creative industries, that goes up to half, and in PR, it goes up to two thirds, according to right. the latest PRCA census. Okay, so it is we work in a very privileged sector. Um, so that's just a few stats for you. And uh, and presumably for. What, 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 are you aim, what are we aiming for, I suppose, on that one? Because there's, uh, I was chatting to someone the other day, we, it's in some in some ways, if what you're looking for is to have a diverse range of views within within communication teams, aren't you? Um, but at the same time, we also need to reflect um, the diverse makeup of society. So it's, wh where are we, um, and I guess that the, the society, that, that, that there's a different makeup of society depending on where we live in the UK and things like that. So it all it can all get quite complicated. I just wonder where what what, what are our objectives here? What are we trying to what are we trying to do? So as I said at the beginning, I think our our mission is about building a sector that really reflects society, and that's because you know thinking about the the broad sectors we work across. We're, we're working with organizations who are making, you know, the films we go and watch, the TV we consume, the books we read, you know, the theater we go and watch. So it's incredibly important that that creative output is reflecting our society and also relevant to, you know, the audience that it exists to serve. So I don't think there's like a hard and fast, I'm not going to give you like a percentage target, but I think from a comms perspective, it's similar, right? We're working for brands or organizations or institutions that are there to serve society or be consumed by society and therefore they need to be more representative. Um, so I think that it is about also, you're right, thinking about the, the location where you're based. Um, London now is 46% um, of individuals from a ethnically diverse background. So that's a long way from where most um, agencies are currently. Um, so, and, and where do you, as an organisation, where are you, what are you trying to, because this is such a big problem. I mean, literally, I, I would suspect that every creative um, business out there um, is, is thinking that they need to improve in this area. Um, do, you, do you feel frustrated that you, you need more resource, you need more time? Um, because what you're trying to do is 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 almost too vast in its in its in in in, in how you tackle it and how you move it forward or or, or you did, 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 that, did that not quite did you just concentrate on 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 making those small step changes that we will lead in the end to a, a longer term greater change yeah i think you know we feel it is there is lots to be done don't get me wrong but i think we feel 
optimistic you know we describe ourselves as a sunset organization in the sense that you know hopefully one day we won't need to exist or certainly what our remit is will will have evolved and i think we feel optimistic about that i think you are seeing change um i think that you know it it is I feel hopeful. I see lots of organizations really, really driving change, putting in place really progressive um, initiatives. And I think that change can happen really fast. I mean, if you think about just even a couple of years ago, like take menopause, for example, it's slightly off topic, but you know, no one was talking about it. We've seen something like that suddenly be fast tracked to be the top of everyone's agenda. Everyone's putting in place a menopause policy. Um, topic paid internships. I mean, a few years ago, when I started out in, in PR, unpaid internships were the norm. Now, I feel like no agency, you know, had any concern for their reputation would put an unpaid internship. I know no, it's... I, I, oddly enough, I see more in, in-house teams now. But, um, yeah, there was... Um... But, so, yeah, you're right. I see. It. That's I nice because is... I, I sometimes feel with this debate, I get it. I I see pockets of, of good practice and progress and then... Um, then you see some, frankly, snail's pace stats that that are just not changing. I mean, some of the stats that we're given in PR, I'm, I'm not. I, I always query how robust some of them are, but but maybe, but then, you know, that's that's maybe a different story. But it's you, you're, but you're more optimistic than me, are you? You think that we're we're, we're getting there, um, or, or changes changes happening, changes coming. I I think pace of change is glacial. I think there is a vast job to be done. And I think that all organizations across the sector need to be investing more time, money, energy, and leadership focus on this. What I'm optimistic about is not to underplay how big the job is or how long it's going to take. But I think I feel optimistic that there is a sea change happening, that there are organizations that are out there really manifesting best practice. And that when I look back, I really can see that change change is happening. It's not necessarily manifesting yet in the stats. And I think particularly at those senior levels, it, it remains extremely problematic. Um, but I think if I don't remain optimistic, then it's going to be really hard to. No, I think I think you're right. You, I, I'm always aware that I'm a, a little bit too cynical about many things. So it's good. To, it's good to hear some optimism on it. Um, just a, a, a final thought: Is there when you look at um, public relations, which most of the listeners of this podcast are will be um, will work within. Do you look at other areas of of the creative sector and think that PR can can learn a bit from them? Because um, that PR probably a bit a bit later into this journey than some of the other areas, isn't it? Of of, of the creative um, mix of things. I would I'd say it's fairly similar. Okay, I think I think. Um, I think that, um, I think to be honest, organizations like um, some of our, our industry bodies have done a really good job in kind of raising awareness of these issues. And and as you pointed to earlier, there's many other great organizations who've been doing great work in, in PR for a long time. Um, I think that one of the reasons that we focus across all of the different creative sectors is to try and facilitate, you know, sharing learnings and best practices and, um, you know, ideas and initiatives between different sectors um so i think that that helps sometimes i think pr can be quite a kind of inward looking you know it, it, it is literally a very very small world 
um, which doesn't always help when you're kind of trying to drive that scale of change, to be honest. Um, but no, I don't I don't think it's dramatically worse or better than than any of the other sectors that we're working in. Brilliant. Bibby Hilton, CEO of Creative Access. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Thanks, Ben. Thanks for listening to the PR Moment podcast, produced in association with the Marketeers Network. If you'd enjoyed the show, please do review us on iTunes and give us a decent rating.